This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! Happy New Year! Happy 2024. As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. Yes, it's 2024. This is the this is year number eight for us, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> which is incredible. 2017 Getting all the way old. up to now. And we have a fantastic guest. We have Gary Moore. Gary, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. <laughs> no, I thought man. we had you before, so I'm like, oh, yeah, no, Gary? Okay, great. I mean, hey, if it happened, I don't remember, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> No, it just shows how familiar you know we are with you. Of course, yeah. we all worked on the Baldwin project, and you were fantastic as uh, James Baldwin. Wonderful, and yeah. You you're not in rehearsal yet, but you will be in rehearsal for um, what's the project you're working on next? Yeah, Pipeline. We're going to be getting oh, ready over at um, African American Shakespeare Company. Ah. Yeah. So Pipeline. I believe we're going to be starting about you know January. Mm-hmm. Get started with our rehearsal process. Who's directing? Nataki Garrett. Oh, okay. Yes. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So that that'll be going on. Of course, we'll be pumping that. And also, you have a uh, you have a business uh, chasing. Is it chasing greatness? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> chasing greatness prints, and we have a link for folks who want to buy some of the prints that you have. I, I appreciate it. Prints. Yeah. Nice. Just a little side gig I started. Um, just to kind of make a little bit of extra cash here in the Bay Area, man. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's got a little bit of a side gig going Everybody on. Does. You know? yes. Everybody does. Like, and this is our side, <laughs> side gig. Although, you know, we're not really making money, but, you know, it's something that you do, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's fantastic. And, you know, I think everyone, people, check out uh, Chasing Greatness. And uh, if you see some prints, buy it. You know, you're supporting... Um, you know, Bay Area Theater. You're supporting yes. Bay Area Theater. Theater. <laughs> yes, and you're supporting minority business. So there you go. Uh, and so 2024 has been good for you. 2024 so. has been a good year so far. Right on. Right <laughs> it's on. It's been a good year so far, man. I'm right. Knock on Amen. wood. <laughs> and Norman, um, as I begin every podcast, how's your week? They just sort of flow. I'm um, heading out in a couple of days to go to San Diego to see my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, Mara just started back to school, mm-hmm. so that's always been a weird transition. The um, summer, winter break, coming off of those is always tricky. She loves sleeping in, and suddenly that's not happening. So when she said last night she wanted to go to the city... Because, like, Oakland has um, First Fridays, which actually is suspended right now for the winter. They're supposedly coming back in a couple of months. Yeah. But uh, there's a similar one in North Beach. Mm -hmm. So we went over to North Beach, and we walked around, and we looked at some art, and Mm -hmm. sat down in a very crowded bar, and... I'm like I, yeah. I a friend of mine introduced me to First Fridays. For those who don't know, in the Oakland community, there's uh, like a the very first Friday of every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like open. It's like open uh, open galleries. Open it's, galleries. Um, it's an art crawl. It's uh, they used to call it the Art Murmur. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it first started, it was just the galleries, these little studios, nestled in a bunch of side streets off a of telegraph. And then it became a little more popular, and then and there was food and drink in certain places, but mm-hmm. you know it wasn't a big deal. And now they take over, they close the streets down mm-hmm. from like twentieth or somewhere around there, all the way up to twenty seventh. Yeah, 
and, and like stages in the street. Every it's it's just grown. And a few years ago, there was a shooting, and they thought that might have killed it, but mm-hmm. it didn't. You know, they took off a few months. They came back. People love it. Um, I love it. Jean Kwan was before she was mayor. Jean Kwan was one of the uh, city council folk who supported this. Mm-hmm. And she was really into it, and she would go, and she would be there. And right after she got she um, got in office as mayor, she went. And some news person, you know, some media person caught a picture of her and said, look at her going down here trying to take credit for this, and she just started as mayor. And it's like, no, this woman's been fighting for this for years. Mm-hmm. So it was very much a community thing. Anyway, yeah, we went to the city, and if you've never done it, there's uh, the Filbert Steps so it comes up from the Embarcadero, yeah. Yeah. and you go up this series of steps that takes you up to Coit Tower. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful view. Mm-hmm. It's a hike. Yeah. <laughs> but no, then you drop down no, in the North it's, Beach. It's a good workout. Yeah. You know, oh, so, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of juggling those things. I'm looking forward to the conversation because I've also had conversations with a couple of... Um, I hate to say younger, but uh, mm-hmm. people earlier in their career talking sure. about choices that they have to make. Yeah. And it's weird because I'm kind of long in the tooth on this, but uh, I'm changing the way I'm thinking about it. So uh, It is interesting how generations, because we've talked, when I'm, I sort of touched on it with um, Chris Cassell when she was on. Right. Because she's a teacher. Now, I wanted right, to right. ask her. We didn't have a chance to elaborate because it was getting late. How younger generations are tra- are approaching theater, the Generation Y and the Millennials, rather than Generation Xers. So it'll be interesting to see. Do you consider? Are you a millennial? What What do you consider yourself, uh, Gary? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna guess you're I'm in your early thirties. Trying to see where, where I'm at, because um, I'm definitely thirty. Um, yeah. I guess technically a millennial. Okay. You remember a time before the internet, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll say that's I, a good marker. Actually, yeah. that's a real good marker, right? Because some of these kids today, oh man, like they're they're glued to the they, phones, they the grew tablets. up with it. Jeez, right? Exactly. As if you know they have no. I mean, you you you've used a uh, um, a phone, hand right, phone, too. landline, mm. landline phone before, right? Mm-hmm. You have. There you go. <laughs> yep. So you're you're like just post X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm like I'm I'm Claim hoping that one, though. Yes. Like, like one day these kids could get at least a month or two without mm-hmm. the internet, just to see mm-hmm. what that was like, you know. Exactly. You I, I just about, read a story where yeah. it ended with the end of the internet mm. and people going, my phone doesn't work. And that was the end. Yeah. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I can imagine those days are going to be, those first few days are going to be held. Yeah, 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 because um, you know we had all sorts of. Well, then again, we did still had the consoles like Nintendo and PlayStation and and mm-hmm. things like that. But we found ways to you know mm-hmm. occupy our time without well, being connected like testing online. your memory. It yes. used to be, oh, who was in that movie, and you'd have a big discussion amongst yourselves about right. it. Mm-hmm. And now somebody pulls out their phone and says, oh, bang, it was so and so. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of movies, uh, current events. So. It was something Gary and I were talking about. So there's mm. going to be a movie called The American Society of Magic Negroes. Have you heard about this I've heard about it. I am excited about it. But the controversy is also intense. 
It's yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a country I only heard about maybe two days ago. So David Allen Greer, I think he's producing. He's also in it. Oh, okay. Uh, and the the basically the story, if you haven't heard, is basically about this guy who stumbles onto a community of black people who have a society that will appease white people. Of course, it's comedy. Right. So right. So it's these slapstick comedies. I can imagine like a Jordan Peele or Peele and Key and Peele. Key and Peele. Yeah. Type. Uh, comedy sketch only it's a movie but conservative whites are upset because oh my god it's reverse racism <laughs> oh a lot of black people are upset and too. black oh, people yeah. are upset because they thought it's going to be a harry potter or an awakening sort of like barbie like barbie thinks oh you know this is barbie is only to appease men but mm-hmm. then you actually see the movie and it's like no it's empowering women mm-hmm. and black people are like well this is going to empower black people so that we don't become the magic negro it's like no <laughs> it's going another direction but we haven't yeah. seen the movie yet right so I well i've seen what- trailers and I, and i understand and I've seen the online heat, <laughs> yeah. oh, and it was the black community that I saw getting up about up in arms about it. So I'm like, oh. I thought you were going to say American Fiction. Oh, which tell me about is that one. Just out. Oh, I can't. Jeffrey Wright. Uh-huh. I can tell you that. Um, incredible oh, artist. Hmm? <laughs> no, incredible artist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cast is uh, what's her name? Uh, three names. Um, Tendiway. No, Lisa Ray, um, Ellis. No, um, okay. I'm forgetting her name. Um, oh God, what's? I should know her name. Anyway, this amazing cast of folks stumbling through this story, and what I will say without giving anything away is, you keep thinking it fits in this slot, or they're going this direction, mm-hmm. and they might land there, put their toe in it for a second, and then it shifts. Mm-hmm. And so you find yourself following the story, kind of going, where the fuck are you going with this? Mm. And they managed to do that all the way to the end. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. But the one controversy, and I can tie this in with, so there's Dave, you know, there's controversy with Dave Chappelle, because he has a new uh, thing going out yet again. <clears throat> but you get the sense that people have these thoughts or ideas. And as artists, we always have ideas and we float mm. our ideas. And then there's a campaign to cancel it. Right. To stop it because it doesn't fit into what other people think we should be talking about. Right, right. Black people should not be talking about, you know, being appeasing white people, even if it's right. a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can even tie it to uh, this week, the Harvard professor, uh, Claudine Gay, resigned oh. because she allowed students at Harvard to protest. They're sharing their thoughts. Right. Conservatives, well, they're using it as a political football because this is an election year. So if they can attack a liberal, whether it be a professor well, that's or all a it candidate, was. they then... they targeted her. They were waiting for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They found their opportunity. She didn't handle it well, and yeah, well, no one no one trains a professor. I mean, she's a professor. She's right. not a public a politician and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I mean, Gary, I'll ask you this: this whole concept. I mean, I, and this is how I'm addressing it. Mm-hmm. Where free speech is almost under attack, where, you know, if you, you can't express yourself if it doesn't agree with the majority, whoever the majority is, mm-hmm. majority black folks, right. majority conservatives, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, I don't know, free, independent thought is, is under attack? <laughs> I mean, well, most definitely today. I feel like you, you have to be so careful online today, especially if you mm-hmm. have like a bigger platform with, mm-hmm. you know, a couple followers mm-hmm. and, and people kind of actually checking in on your page, but... It's it's so scary because it's just like you you could kind of even say something as a joke, right? And yeah. be taken 
completely right. you know left and it's like now mm-hmm. you're arguing or people are trying to argue with you online and calling mm-hmm. your names and right it turns into this whole thing but yet yeah, no definitely definitely under attack and the the, the real question is going to be like at, at what point can we actually speak freely Mm-hmm. without being attacked mm-hmm. is, right. is kind of going to be the question. Yeah, It's a horrible byproduct of the internet because the internet, you would think, well, this is the great haven for free speech and people can say what they want. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also a great haven for these, what I would call tribe tribes. Right. Mm-hmm. And people who are like, hey, you've got to say what we want you to say or else we're going to cancel you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's horrible. Speaking of which, uh, Nikki Haley, so there's controversy with that. So Nikki Haley's like, well, what you think a softball question like, well, what started the Civil, Civil War? War? Right. Slavery. <laughs> Instead, she's like, well, it's about the federal government controlling states. And, you know, that's just horrible. And they're just fighting for their independent, you know, and the then she has rights, to backpedal. Yeah. backpedal. Right. I mean, that's. Well, the- and I love she was asked, so you, what, what about slavery? And she said, what do you want me to say about slavery? And 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 dropped it, moved on. Yeah. So yeah, she is backpedaled and And it's interesting because she is the she was the governor. <clears throat> is she still the governor of South no, Carolina? No, she was the governor of South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. I I don't think she has any uh, office right now. And of course she was on Trump's staff as an ambassador. I think she was yeah, a UN ambassador. UN. But from South Carolina, I mean South Carolina, that is the bedrock yeah. of the Confederacy. Yeah. The Confederacy started. Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Carolina. So and, she knew what she was saying. Right, exactly. And, you know, the argument of states' rights, I mean, that's John Calhoun's argument. John right. Calhoun was the vice president mm-hmm. under Jackson, who left Jackson because <clears throat> of this whole state rights and, hey, states, we should have the right to do what we want to do, mm-hmm. including having right. slaves. Right. Yep. And you would think that's the easiest thing. It's fascinating, Nikki Haley, of all of the Republicans, I thought that she would be the one to be the most dangerous to the Democrat Party because she's so, you know... I think she is. Popular and, you know, and an attractive, you know, woman and Mm -hmm. she's a minority, although you'd have to read into that. I mean, she's Indian, but, you know, she... But she she, hides it. Right, exactly. Uh, Unlike uh, Vivek. Nikki. (laughs) Yeah, Nikki Haley. But uh, you would think this would be such an easy thing to do. It's going to be interesting. 2024 in itself, because this is an election year and Mm -hmm. Biden is about to campaign because his numbers are down. Are you worried, Gary, about the 2024 election? Um, it's going to get interesting. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Like, it's going to get interesting. Yeah. I feel like we, we need some time off from from elected officials, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. Right, exactly. And another thing, Stanley Cups. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Not the NHL oh, yes. Stanley Cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard about it on the way here. Yeah. So I so I work for the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, and uh, there's a young woman. She's 21 years old, and she works for the victim witness. Uh, she helps the Chinese community. Yeah. And I was like, hey, have you heard about the Stanley Cup? I was like, yes, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> she paid $75 for a cup. Yep. And I'm like, Why? And she was like, "Well, you know, it's just popular, and it's it's this, and it's marketing. I, I, I never know what the trend is. Apparently, there's Apparently a tic- Starbucks. Yeah, um, is behind it, and I forget who else is behind it. There's a big promotion. Yeah, there was, I guess, also like a fire and uh, a video. Someone's there's car a TikTok on video of car caught on fire. The only thing that survived in the fire was the Stanley Cup, <laughs> and the Weird. contents inside, which still had ice in it." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh, that's... So it's a hell of a promotion. I hope yeah. that folks who you know survived the fire <laughs> right. 
this cup survived me. <laughs> put the Stanley Cup on my uh, you, my you casket. You didn't put the uh, the ten foot alien on your list. Oh no. Oh lordy. What about Cecil the dog? Now this is a fun one. I have one. not heard this one. What? Cecil the dog. So there's a couple. This is in Maine, I think. And they had a contractor to subcontractors to work on their house. Right. And the subcontractor was like, hey, listen, we need cash. Mm-hmm. So they withdrew $4,000 in cash. They put it on their uh, kitchen counter. Cecil the dog ate it. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I never heard of a dog. I mean, I think Eating? if you put a piece of steak on a counter, right, that would right. be in trouble. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't. I don't know if he ate it or if he just, you know, tussled with it or whatever. But to make a long story short, he did digest a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I think only $1,500 was not touched. They took the dog out on a walk to have it crap yeah, <laughs> the body out. Yeah. And then they went in the crap. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> to wash it out. I think they got $3,000 wow. of it out. Wow. <laughs> Took it to the bank and said, hey, can you exchange it? Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't what? know. Why did they get cat? Yeah, there's too, way too many questions <laughs> with this. I, I, I'm going to leave it alone. There's a lot of work involved, a lot of cleaning. <laughs> Wow, and I don't want to make this a white thing, black thing. I can't imagine a uh, you know a black. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that. anybody going. Oh, I'm going to put all this. Number one, the cash, and yeah. then number two, what, what did y'all do to the cash that made the dog want to eat, eat it? it. Yeah. Exactly, and that's crazy. And I would tell the uh, contractors, hey, you know, Venmo, right. cash app, right, <laughs> PayPal, you got a phone, century, Zell, people, right, exactly, Zell. And what was the last thing? Oh, yes. Janu Harry. Have you heard of Janu Harry? I have not heard of this. What? So there is a, um, there is a um, what do you call him? A influencer who wants to normalize, <clears throat> this is really for women, uh, having uh, growing out their hair, mm-hmm. whether it's their armpits. Oh. Uh, there's even a, a model um, actress who has hair on her chest. Okay. To say, well, I've not reason, seen this. The only reason women shave is to appease men, and so you know we True. should just be natural. Okay. <laughs> and there's even a, a model who has a unibrow. Um, so, well, there are a few of those. Yeah. So Janu Harry is a thing, and I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, live and let live. I guess you gotta mm-hmm. kind of do what do what works for you. Right. Exactly. You know? Hey, listen, I'm all about women empowerment, so. If it's, I mean, I have no idea. We men, you know, we take for granted that, you know, a lot of women don't. I mean, I do shave. I do put on some cologne. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm single, but I date. So when I go on dates, I make sure that I'm presentable. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but women do far, far, far more. Oh, yeah. uh, because society, you know, act, you know, put them in the box that, you, you know, you have to, I don't have long flowing hair and you have to have a particular body type. Mm-hmm. And my God, you have to shave, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's fine. So I'm, I'm all for the empowerment of women. And with that, an origin story, Gary Moore. So um, where were you born and raised? Uh, born and raised here in the Bay Area, San Francisco. Right on. Siblings? Yeah. Siblings, yeah. I got a older brother, older sister. They're um, not really into the arts, but definitely mm-hmm. um, um, working throughout the Bay, kind of doing their own thing. Okay. So you're the youngest. Yes. Okay. Yes, Were yes. you like spoiled as a child? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say so. It? No, <laughs> I wouldn't say so. But more, well, more bullied, but yeah, right. yeah, that's a whole different story. You know, my dad told me the same thing. My dad is the youngest of eight, 
And he, you know, he basically all of these siblings just told him, hey, do this, do that. So he felt bossed around a lot. So. Oh, yeah. 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 No, definitely that. And it's just like they were supposed to clean something and it's like they pass it down to me. Oh, it's like, OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I got to do it. <laughs> now, were you involved in uh, acting like in high school? That sort of stuff or when oh. you were a kid? When I was younger, I did a little bit of modeling with um, The Gap. Okay. It's like mm. I, don't, I don't have the greatest memory of it. But yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. seen some of the, um, the images. Um, okay, so you're in Gap commercials or print ads? Yeah, print. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's mm. awesome. As a, as, a, as a very young young kid. That's okay. cool. I've been looking for them. I really can't find anymore. It's because we didn't move throughout the Bay Area mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So, like, so many things get lost in the move yeah. or, you know, whatever. I'm sure there's that. a Google search, maybe, you know, to find, you know, um, Gap print ads, young black kids. Whatever. Mm, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Now, what about high school? Did, but, were you, um, did you do theater in high school? Not a whole lot of theater in high school. I took maybe a class. Okay. But I was definitely. Um, What's, what's the what's the best word for it? I guess afraid of of the perform of performing. Huh. Like yeah. I, I had to get over that. Okay, you know what I mean to kind of get get back into it. Were you? I, I can't imagine you being shy on stage. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I attempted back in uh, middle school. We did a uh, little talent show at our middle school. Right? Uh-huh. So me and uh, about two other guys, we got together, and said we're going to sing this song. Uh huh. You know, I had my part. We're preparing and practicing. Mm-hmm. And finally comes the day of the performance. You know, the other two guys go out, they do their part. It comes time for me, and I just like froze on stage. Oh, yeah, oh, it happens. oh it you'll happens. never forget that. Never, <laughs> never, just froze. You've never froze on stage, have you, Norman? Oh hell yes! <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that weird feeling. No, it's, it's, I can't tell you a moment when it is. I just know that when that oh, moment yeah. happens, it feels like eternity. Oh, it yes. really does. Yes. And somebody saves you, or you remember something. Yes. It doesn't matter how yeah. you get out of it. That moment is hell. It isn't so much state fright for me, mm-hmm. but if there's a particular word that I'm searching for, mm-hmm. like you, you know, you spend all this time memorizing your mm-hmm. lines, right. and there's like one little word that catches you, and you can't find it, and you're like you're trying to find it you're trying to find it and you're like oh wait a minute I'm spending all this time and the audience is looking at me I gotta keep going on mm-hmm. and then you just go on and it's like oh my god and then you know <clears throat> Susan Evans had once said there's a psychological there's something psychological going on with if you remember if you forget one word and you figure out what it is I don't know if that's true or not but whatever but in <laughs> any case you, you got over it yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely got saved yeah, sure. But I think the worst part is like I had to go back to class with everybody. Yeah, and I'm thinking everyone's gonna kind of get on me about it. And yeah, no one said a thing. Good. <laughs> now see that, and that's good support. Now, what about college? Did you go to college? Yeah, I went. Um, started out over at um, San Jose State. Okay. Yeah, so went over to San Jose State for two years. Um, it was fun. I was also a business major though while I was at San Jose State, so okay. still a little afraid to kind of take dive off the deep end into mm-hmm. it. Um, but I was still dabbling into uh, theater classes. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so still, I took about at least two theater courses over at San Jose State. Mm-hmm. And then uh, transferred, <clears throat> um, just kind of due to some, some housing issues, trying to get some somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, went over to San Francisco State. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when I went over there, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm going to go kind of do what I want to do. Right. Really dive in. So. Mm-hmm. I uh, majored in theater arts, nice. performance emphasis, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of graduated from there with a bachelor's. Now, why 
you, because you first started out studying business, mm-hmm. was it something inside you that said, hey, I this acting thing, I want to really, really pursue this thing? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing for me is like I've always thought about it as a business mm-hmm. as far as acting. Okay. I feel like it's just because a lot of people I talked to um, when I was younger who actually were doing acting and things like that said or, or would give me tips that like the business was kind of a main portion that, you know, great artists kind of miss out on. And oh, that, really... that is interesting, yeah. It's interesting because usually people think the artistic part of it first and then the business. Right. It's cool that you came into the business part of it first and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah there definitely is not enough emphasis on the business mm-hmm. on what it means for you to do this. Right. Some people, I mean, you know, <clears throat> some people may not be the greatest artists, but they may be better businessmen. So mm-hmm. you see them getting all these opportunities oh, out yeah. there. Norman, would you agree that a lot of fo- young folks who come into acting or theater or whatever usually have this mentality of, well, if I'm talented enough, the business will just flow or the money will just flow. People just I, come to me. I think people me. are given that illusion. And, yeah. and you know, I, I think part of it, the big part of it to, in my mind is it's an attractive thing. You see a movie, you see a play, <clears throat> and you're like, wow, that's exciting. I want to do that. Yeah. And so it's hard to stop people. I mean, that's when I started teaching, I was like, if you don't want to be here, please don't be here. If you don't want to act, please step out of line because there's plenty of people behind you that want to do this. Mm -hmm. After a while, I realized that was the wrong attitude to have. Be here. Be welcome. Mm -hmm. But find, you know, find your comfort zone. Yeah. And, you know, there are folks who get into theater not to really explore themselves or to explore the text or to mm-hmm. get into a character. Mm-hmm. They do just want to be famous. They're like, hey, yeah. I like the camera on me and I want to make money. And and at first I would just poo-poo these folks like, oh, come on, that's not real theater. Right. But hey, that is an aspect of yes, it. Yes, it and, is. And you know, if that's the lane you want to go, mm-hmm. that's cool. You want to be successful in commercials? You better understand the, the basics of acting. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to make it happen like that. And then they're going to say, that's great. Could you do it a little faster? Yep. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh, making okay. the adjustments. And if you can do it or if you can't do it. Right. And, and I'm glad you said that because that's been my real shift over learning about acting. It's like when I first started out, I thought acting or the greatest actors were the ones who come in and hit it and nail it the first time. Mm-hmm. But it's like as I've grown in this, I've seen like the, 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 the greatest artists are really the ones who may not get it right the first time, but mm-hmm. could take a direction yeah. and you know snap right into it. Yeah, exactly. And Norman, that's one of the things that you look for as a director when you you know uh, cast. Well, I want to know how flexible somebody is. If right. they're not flexible, then mm-hmm. I got to adjust for that. If they are flexible, then some things are going to happen that have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Right. The actor is going to make some choices, and I'm going to go. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to. Yes, and yeah. <laughs> Because the actors that you routinely, because you know, in, in all the productions that you've worked on, there are you have your favorite actors. You have actors who you routinely cast over and over again. I, I, I like when I have the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, because you know that you can work with them and they're, they're flexible. Like I think right. a guy like Stephen uh, Stephen Ortiz. You know, Central Works uh, loves Steve well, Ortiz. Yeah, I love Steve, but Steve also, we went to college together, so <laughs> my admiration for Steve goes you know, way back. Yeah, but Steve is one of those who he can really play anything or, yeah, you know, very much. get into any genre. I was uh, just talking about him flexible. yesterday because of the um, that uh, Death of a Salesman production. That's right, that he was part of that. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, I had played Charlie when I did it, the neighbor, mm-hmm. and he was playing Charlie, and I was like, dude please have a good time with that role because it, yeah, the character's only in maybe two or three scenes, but 
he's got to be toe to toe with Willie Loman. Willie mm-hmm. needs a peer, yeah, and that's who it is. That's yeah. who the play gives us. So mm-hmm. you need to have that that fun and really step in. And I know Steve can do that. I was like, oh my god, I I was tempted to see it because of that. I I, I tend to be very careful about the African American Shakespeare Company because mm-hmm. the talent is variable is right. the kindest way to put it. Yeah, yeah. But I knew I could trust Steve. Now, Gary, what type of, um, do you like comedy? Do you like <clears throat> serious stuff? What what type of uh, theater do you gravitate towards that you want to do? Um, well, today I say more um, more drama comedy. Okay. Towards those kind of more so. Um, I, haven't, I haven't really gotten the opportunity to do too much comedy, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely, in the future, hopefully 2024, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, after college, uh, what what uh, productions have you been been a part of? After college? Yeah. Um, uh, I got to be a part of a production called Brown versus the Board of Education. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that was at the Alt Arena, was it? Yes, Alt That's Arena. Right. Ooh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. kind of depicting, of course, the, the actual court case. Right. Brown mm-hmm. versus Board. Um, so our director went and took the actual transcripts of the case and kind of cut it down and chopped it up into actual script. It's like word for word, similar to word for word. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, essentially a bio, biopic. Yeah. That, um, that's nice. So how? So, okay. So that was so that was your first experience of being on stage after after college. So yeah. that that was cool. And uh, the Baldwin Project. I didn't, I didn't even ask the both of you. How did you get involved in the Baldwin Project? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Happenstance. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely uh, met Norm Norman over here. Um, I believe he came over to uh, to see a soldier's play. I did. Yeah, you yeah. were in a soldier's play. Yes. I was also, yeah, oh, okay. I was going to get to that, that next. A soldier's yeah. play over at Alterana as well. Sean Jay, whose birthday was just this week. Yes. Yep. Hey, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were with Fred Pitts and Terrence and Jake Fong and, and Jake Fong. yeah, can't remember the other guys. Yeah, uh, there's a, was a lot of people in there. Yeah, I know that was a big cast. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. had Adam, we had Mark, and y'all moved to yeah. the stage. But so that was well. that was a, that must have been a good experience for you. Yeah, no, great experience, great experience. And then that story, of course, is a, is a pretty legendary one. You know? Yes, right. Den- Denzel Washington, I believe, led uh, the film, mm-hmm. and uh, it was great just kind of getting to take on that same role that he did, PFC mm-hmm. Peterson, right. and really kind of tapping into my bad side because. <laughs> I feel like most people think of me as like, of course, a very light, lighthearted person, pretty genuine, mm-hmm. nice guy. But I feel like I, I, I like to show the other side. It's yeah, that's like, no, awesome. So, you, so Norman, you saw it. And- I saw it. And I so, I, you know, I'll be honest. Um, trying to cast Baldwin has been one of the major challenges of this year. It continues to be. Yeah. Because um, I want to be respectful. Mm hmm. So, ideally, I would like to find a gay man. <clears throat> right. Um, but more than that, I start asking those questions about who is this man and what does he need to be. Mm-hmm. So, when we first did readings of it, Jake ended up reading for Baldwin. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're younger, so we get that younger side of Baldwin, and that's an aspect of the character, mm-hmm. but I'm still looking. Looking, looking, looking. Couldn't find, couldn't find, couldn't find. And we're getting to the point where I really need to nail this down. And then I saw Soldiers play, and I was like, oh, hell, well, who did I see in there that I liked? And so I asked Jake and got your number. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll bring you in, and we'll see how it goes. And the reason I laughed about how this happened is mm-hmm. because... I pull you in, we meet 
barely an hour before this <laughs> short performance that we did. And I basically run through, this is a whole system, you know, you've been through this, Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, this system of taking this text yeah. and t- translating it to the stage. Mm-hmm. I have an approach to it. Um, I have all kinds of ideas. And, and tra- the don't. traditional actor does not, you know, is not familiar with this it's process. Not, it's connected to a bunch of different trainings, but I'm putting it together and I'm dumping it in his lap. <laughs> right. And saying, let's get on stage and let's do this. So we mm-hmm. get on stage and we do it. And I can see him kind of perk up as we go through it. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So when we started to get ready for November, I again, I looked around and it seemed like every young gay actor, black mm-hmm. actor in the mm-hmm. Bay Area is busy. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple of them have moved. Yeah. And I was like, well... If Gary's okay with this, especially if Gary will, if Gary will shave off the beard, <laughs> mm-hmm. then um, then we'll give this a shot. And what came through, if I were going to put it on the spectrum of Baldwin, all the aspects of Baldwin, it's more where if you saw the French Dispatch, the um, I forget the uh, the directors, but this mm-hmm. uh, film um, that was supposed. Uh, fictional account about a magazine and all these writers who wrote for it. And the last one was supposed to be a fictional James Baldwin, mm-hmm. but he was way more, I don't know, macho, muscular. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay, there's not really Baldwin, but there is that that intensity and mm-hmm. that energy. Right. And I was like, okay, that's that's valid too. Yeah. So I knew that that was sort of the direction that Gary had trended with it. But what was great was when we went in rehearsal for, we did our, our showcase in November. Mm-hmm. Once you had a sense of where we were going and what we were doing, you really kind of took the reins. You really took control. And I could feel the cast kind of pulling in on what you were doing. It was like, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. That's great. And, that, and that's how I felt when I, you know, just working with you uh, on the Baldwin project. And I was thinking, because, you know, Norman, you and I have talked about it. Wow, how is the, you know, because the LGBTQ community, because we're going to be doing this Baldwin project, you know, for the for this year. Right. And they're going to be very attentive to who's playing James Baldwin. Wait yeah. a minute. That guy's not gay. I mean, I've played a gay character. I've played a couple <clears throat> of gay characters on, on stage yeah. not being gay. And, you know, there are... There are stereotypes that we fall into. Right. Like, you know, being effeminate or, you know, what we think is being gay. Right. Right. Baldwin himself did not fall into that. I think Baldwin was very acute about that and did not want to. In some ways, he was very gay. In some ways, he was obviously gay. And in other ways, he just, well, he very intentionally avoided the issue because he felt like it was a distraction. Exactly. That's from what the I was things getting. he wanted to talk about. Right. Because, you know, he's 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 writing about the movement. You know, right. he's writing about the 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 march on Edmund Prentice Bridge. But he's and also the march on Washington. in a culture that well at that <clears> time <throat> mm-hmm. it was illegal to be a homosexual. Yeah. In so many ways. So why would you draw that heat? Mm-hmm. You know, unless you were ready to have that fight with the world, why would you do that? He was—he uh, already had a big fight. Yeah, and he stayed true. And you know, towards the end of his life, he was a little more open about Freer. it. Yeah. And but uh, interviewers, there's so many of the early interviews where you—they try to ask these questions, and you can see him dance around it. And yeah. My favorite thing that he continually says in interviews is, you know, we're. Our lives, it's our life we're talking about. We're in danger. There's a threat to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if my wife and my child 
And he says this over and over again. And yeah. I'm like, what wife? What child? Yeah. What the hell are you <laughs> but talking I mean, it, about? But it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, even Liberace, who was, you know, very, very flamboyant, even right. he didn't openly say. Oh, he sued he was, the guy who tried to out him. Exactly. Tony Curtis. That's another one. You know, this is in the 70s. Oh, was Tony that, Curtis gay? I didn't know that. I think he was, although he did have a child, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis and all yeah. that stuff. But um, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm getting him confused with Rock Hudson. Oh, Rock Hudson. No, yes. Rock Hudson definitely gay. <laughs> right. So you can understand that. But I always had the feeling that Baldwin pushed his intellectualism. It's he like, did. if you want to know who I am, this is who I am. Well, and I think you brought that out, Gary. You know, very because much. I think you, I really, I don't know you that well, but you strike me as being a very intellectual person. You know, yeah. you... You know, you, you're very thoughtful, and I think you, appro- especially approaching the script, yeah. you know, I can see where you can understand where the beats are going and all of this stuff. You aren't just reading the text. You know, right. we have scripts in our hands when we did the thing at Playground, mm. but you weren't just reading. You understood what was going on. Right. And I think, you know, that's really what, you know, if Baldwin were alive, he would appreciate that. So I, w- I would hope. I mean, I, I don't know. But um, but <laughs> yeah. I know that that's what we aim for. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the things is I am not worried about like I don't need the ghost of James Baldwin to come down and say, oh, this is perfect, <laughs> this is great. I right. you know I would rather have my audience walk out with different impressions. Exactly. I would think that is. I would think that someone who is a gay man who would see the production would say, hey, that was done. That was done okay. Um, that's that is the goal. Right, is I was, to hit that I, audience. I was pretty happy the people that did come. They mm-hmm. they gave us a little bit of feedback after. They were like mm-hmm. they learned a lot, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was which was kind of the great thing because it's like in school. I feel like they don't really teach us much about exactly. Well, they don't. You know, we yeah. might gloss over a couple poems or mm-hmm. a few few things that he wrote, but mm-hmm. it's just his like, essays, yeah, uh, the fire next time. That's that's yeah. the big one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, talk to us about uh, your next project. Um, uh, this thing that you're doing with uh, the African American Shakespeare, Shakespeare Company, Company yes. Pipeline. Um, it's, I mean, essentially a play that um, explores the um, school to prison pipeline kind of mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, surrounding minorities, um, black and brown folks. That um, it's just like we we kind of can't get out of this cycle, and and the play kind of explores how we can go about kind of climbing up out of it, essentially. Yeah. How yeah. we can kind of change things moving <clears throat> forward. Whether it be the cycle of violence or the cycle of poverty, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. No, no, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you guys don't... Um, rehearsals begin, what, April, you say? Uh, no, this month. January. Oh, this month. Yeah, end oh, of this month. Okay, great. Great, great. No, that's fantastic. And I'm glad that the African American Shakespeare Company, they're focusing on that. Um, as far as your future in in film, uh, in do, or do you think about film, or do you yeah. want to? Would you like to one day go to L.A.? You've been doing stuff. Um, I mean, I've definitely done. I've, that, I've definitely that's why we had a, the beard uh, conversation because in uh, what was it, July? Mm-hmm. It, you were like, I'm I'm in the middle of a film shoot. I really cannot change my look. Yeah, no, it I was, was like, okay, fair enough. I I, I understand. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. We had um, we sh- I also shot a feature film last um, last spring, mm-hmm. so we had to do a little bit of reshoots over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you got film, asking film. if you're doing more film, more film, yeah, and stuff but, uh, about film and TV. So I definitely got um, a big interest in film and TV. So I've definitely done some training, mm-hmm. um, some preparation for it, and. 
and now it's kind of just essentially just getting out there and really yeah. auditioning. Do you have an agent? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely, you know, submitting and, mm-hmm. and getting myself out there more is really. Yeah. I think if you talk with Terrence, because he's been mm-hmm. getting a lot of uh, roles and I think he's doing uh, some TV stuff. I've, th- I've seen him in some commercials too. Oh, yeah. So, uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I definitely see you. Now, what, what film were you, were you doing? We did um, The Moon is in Aquarius. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's essentially a Bay Area love story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Follows these two. Um, to uh two black lovers male female they meet at a party mm-hmm. um essentially and and kind of rekindle this this love they leave the party and kind of go on in a big adventure throughout the city of san francisco oh nice mm-hmm. we kind of get to see how they kind of get closer cool. and and how they learn about each other and yeah we kind of rediscover that there's a little bit of um a little bit of history yeah potentially there what's the production company is it going to be like <clears throat> is it a YouTube video thing or is it on Netflix? Um, or? Well, right now we're looking at going to um, film festivals. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, as far as I know, they're, they're looking to get some distribution for it. Mm-hmm. So potentially go to like streaming services or something like that would be okay. idea. Yeah. Cool. Now, do you see yourself, because um, <clears throat> you were now talking off mic, that you may not stay in the Bay. You may go right. to L.A. or you may go to, have you thought about New York? I, I, I honestly haven't thought about New York. Okay. Well, well, I mean, if you you may, I don't know if you enjoy the film more or stage more. Do you have a preference, one or two? I mean, well, I'd say theater is the first love. Okay. Yeah, yeah, theater is definitely the first love. But I do want to explore more, um, you know, into the side of, of film and TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I haven't really gotten too too deep into it, other than kind of training in this more so feature film. Yeah. Okay. No, but I, I can definitely see you uh, getting more involved in that. And I think a lot of folks are doing that. It's the younger generation, like YouTube videos and, yeah. and you know, creating channels, uh, doing that sort of stuff. And I like today how it's it's a little different than, you know, back in the day. Most people who did theater didn't really do film mm-hmm. and TV. People who did TV didn't really touch right. film and right. yeah, all these other different way. things. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, I can go do voiceover. I can do theater. I can yeah. hop in, you know, TV, <clears> film. <throat> Yeah, yeah. I've noticed a lot of folks. I think more actors, and Norman, maybe you can. Uh, have you noticed that more actors are joining SAG after him more than joining Equity? Uh, I don't know. Um, and, you know, either of them, it's weird because we often have the union conversation. And the fact is, uh, you can pretty much buy your way into either union. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Anybody who wants to can, but the fact is also that doesn't mean you're going to get any work. So if you aren't actually working, yeah, you're paying those dues. If you're working and you join the union, yeah, you can keep working, right? If you haven't been getting that work, they're just going to look at you like, who are you? Right, right. right. So yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I know that I know that there are. I am aware that some people will jump. Like SAG, you can literally just buy yeah. your way straight into SAG. <clears throat> like I think um, Terrence is SAG after him, but I mm-hmm. don't think he's equity. Right. Well, because equity is different. Mm-hmm. If you are working in equity houses and they're casting you, yep. then you can consider joining equity. Mm-hmm. But if you're not at that level and you join, they're, you're going to go to the back of the line. They're gonna, mm-hmm. There's other people they're going to be looking at before they look at you. Yeah. Have you thought about SAG-AFTRA? Definitely thought about it. Yeah, definitely thought about it. I don't. I don't like. I feel like I still need to learn more about it because I don't fully know. Yeah, but 
Well, yeah, a lot of these unions, I mean, a lot of the jobs that you are are looking to get, you can't really get unless you are a part of the union. So I think that's when Norman's talking about the front or the back of the line. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's yeah. good to build your resume up first mm-hmm. beforehand, which is what you're doing. Yeah, that, that was kind of my idea about it. Kind of yeah. actually have something to present, you know, to an agent or agency right. you know, when it comes time. Yeah. So um, have you, it sounds like you're getting your name out there. I mean, you know, you've done like you do your auditions and all that sort of stuff. Are are there other things that you're doing to get your name out there? Like, are you going to auditions like the uh, TBA generals and things like that? Um, Well, I haven't been to generals, but definitely throwing my hat into many different auditions, though. Yeah. It's, It's kind of been my thing. And it's even if I've been even stepping into rooms with auditions where it's like, I know I'm not really right for that role, but yeah. just to get the opportunity to go in there and act for this group of yeah. folks. Let them see you. Yeah. yeah, no, that's smart. Because yeah. although you may not be cast, you know, they may not be right for the role, they'll remember your name. And now they have your resume. Right. right. So that's good. Um, and the last thing, because we're getting close to 12 o'clock. Um, so you... What do you see yourself, I don't know, five, ten years from now? Do you think you'll stay in the Bay? Are you enjoying the experience you are in the Bay? Are you frustrated? Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot, because there's some actors who are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, love the Bay. Right. Um, she's, the prices for staying in the Bay, though, that's getting a little a little steep. Right. But uh, five years from now, I, I might see myself outside of the Bay a little bit. Mm-hmm. Only because I've been here my entire life. So it's like, right. I'm, I'm really ready to start exploring... You know what other opportunities are out there? Yeah, and it's like I really feel like once you jump into a new pond, mm-hmm. you're, you're forced to kind of really rise <clears throat> to a whole nother level. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think my advice would be, you know, to build your resume up so that let's say you've got ten shows mm-hmm. under your belt before you venture out, because actually you'll have something on your resume that people can see if you're outside. Right. Otherwise, you know, you may find yourself on the back of the line yeah. or wherever the new venue is. Um, well, all right. Um, birthdays. Mm-hmm. Ah, I have a sneeze. <laughs> bless you. Ah! Bless you, bless you. Oh, man. Get, get it out. <laughs> I, I, could, I had no choice. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Good it's okay. Lord. They, they released um, those mosquitoes last night. <laughs> I'm, it's so funny. I did not post uh, last week's thing yet. Uh, the birthday, I would do the birthday shout outs. Um, and I look forward to doing it because it's, the folks, the last birthdays of 2023 and the first birthdays of 2024. So mm-hmm. this is that next week. Y'all are just, you know, the, the next week of 2024. Uh, Roman Gonzalez, um, young actor I met uh, down at Red Ladder down in San Jose. Wonderful organization that goes, they do all kinds of outreach to, well, the community, really. They do a lot to prisons, but they also do senior centers and at risk and foster and bring theater to the world. Um, and I just met him. I got to work with him last year and met with him. Colin Johnson, a wonderful director. Um, and I don't know. He's a jack of all trades, seems to me. He does sound. He does film. He um, He's amazing, wonderful guy and writes. Uh, Richard Reinhardt is an actor I got to work with at Shotgun Players. We got to do Man and Superman way back in the day, and it was so funny because George Bernard Shaw, bombastic, long-ass play. We actually had two <laughs> intermissions. It was so long, mm-hmm. and the director was worried as we were getting close to tech, and he's like, I want to cut this one thing, so if you know the play, in the middle of the play is this gorgeous section called Don Juan in Hell, 
and you suddenly it has nothing to do with the rest of the play directly mm-hmm. but you do this whole meditation on religion and honor and all this stuff and it's it's a beautiful wonderful piece and he said he wanted to cut that the whole room everybody the cast the dramaturg assistant director everybody was like you cannot you can cut my part do not cut that that's the best part of the play yeah. so so his compromise was to <laughs> Put two intermissions in and do a seventh inning stretch. Hmm. <laughs> Tough was, on the audience. Yeah, it was hard. I audiences said they liked it, but okay. um, anyway, Richard Reinhardt, uh, Dave Garrett uh, is my boy. Hey, uh, we've had one, him on. Each one, we've had him on. Um, he um, director, actor, singer, mm-hmm. wonderful guy, great sense of humor. Uh, Lisa Hori Garcia local actor and we keep kind of bouncing into each other in different places so she's currently involved with the San Francisco Mime Troupe uh, we got to actually work together at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts and we just you know wonderful wonderful talent on stage and wonderful creative mind behind the scenes uh, I'm going to skip that one because you have him Stephen McLeod is another young actor that hey. I met through each one reach one you know Steve we've had him on Ah, <laughs> and I was on stage with him too. We did Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Oh, oh, wow, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Duke um, was a Bay Area actor. He's now in LA, and he does personal training. And he was one of the. I think he was one of the early people to start doing it online. So that was a long time ago. But we got to do this wonderful um, adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, which was called Alice uh, Tales of a Curious Girl. And it was it was bizarre and fun. Um, Kelly Hopkins, I don't know that we have ever face to face met, but she is a major advocate for um, equity, Bay Area mm, theater mm. and equity, um, advocating for us Bay Area actors with the um, with the larger organization. Linda Marie Garon, I got to work with. She, I was directing a beautiful little piece for Playground, and something happened we lost our actor and she was my replacement and I got to work with her and she was so wonderful and talented so I'm chatting with her and she tells me she's one of the writers so I'm like oh that's why I know your name I read your stuff on a regular basis I said great are you going to do the next season and she said no I want to work more in long form and I think she has since moved to New York Uh, Michael Anthony Torres um I have been on stage with Michael a number of times. Uh, We did King Lear. We did, um, there's a bizarre um, uh, Joan of Arc play that we got to do. And he now uh, runs the theater department at Laney College and has, oh gosh, what's the name of the company? Uh, I can't think of it right now. Um, Carolina Morones. um, Hey, right on. You know Carolina and her sister Regina? Yep. Yeah, um, wonderful. This, this, Talent powerhouse, both of them. They both are really yeah. wonderful and and wonderfully sweet people. Yep, to work with. Yeah, we've had Carolina on. Yeah, uh, Greg Bryan um, is an actor I met, and I knew another actor, and they looked so much alike. I kept saying, "Somebody's got to do like two gents or <laughs> one of those plays where you need the mistaken identity thing because they just look so much alike." He is a he's a comic actor. But he's one of those comic actors where you can see the brain. He's always looking for that, what's that next thing? How can I spin this? How can I work this? Wonderful guy. And he was back and forth between here and L.A., so I don't know where he is these days. 
Uh, Danielle Kane, Sidra Kane. Danielle uh, is somebody I met when I got to do a show up in Santa Rosa and um, and then became aware of her and how much she was doing around Bay Area Theater. The North Bay does not get as much love <laughs> as some of the other parts of the region, um, but there's some yeah. amazing talent pool up there. And then my last one is Suze Allen, who, again, I didn't know her. Each one, reach one. Um, she became one of our mentors helping to teach young incarcerated uh, teens uh, the basics of playwriting. And then once we got connected, I started seeing her name pop up everywhere. So she like teaches writing. She is a writer herself. Um, and that's the last one I've got for this week. Happy birthday to y'all. All right. Um, my birthday list, I have Emma Mercier. She is a young uh, actress. I'm not sure if she's in the Bay Area anymore. But uh, I'm looking at a poster 110 in the shade where I was Bill Starbuck and she was a, uh, a love interest of another character. Uh, there was like uh, two love stories going on. Uh, there was the older love story, me and another uh, character, and then there was the two younger characters. But in any case, wonderful actress. Um, she just brightens the stage every time she steps on it. So her birthday is today. Um, yesterday was Sean J. West. We've talked about him. Uh, I think, did you mention William Bibbins? No! How did I miss Bill Bibbins? <laughs> <laughs> you brought him on, uh, the yay, a while back. He uh, wrote Scapegoat. That's um, right. Oh my gosh. His birthday is tomorrow, mm. uh, along with Dave Garrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on tomorrow, Kelsey Poe. Also, One Ten in the Shade. I mean, that was a massive cast. That was a cast of like maybe 20 people. Uh, so there are a lot of folks who uh, participated in that. And Kelsey Poe was one of the uh, character actors um, for that production. Uh, you mentioned Stephen McCloud, uh, whose birthday is Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, Craig Dickerson. That one I skipped. Yep. That one I left you. <laughs> he was a mainstay at a company that I was a part of, EastEnders Repertory Company. And Craig and I, we had a podcast a long time ago called You Gotta Have Faith. It was a Christian podcast. Mm-hmm. And he and I, I think we put a year or two years worth of material uh, mm-hmm. just talking about the Bible, and it was a really nice connection. He's back in Texas. Craig, happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm. Love you, man. Um, also on Tuesday, Rona Siddiqui, who um, started out in the Bay. She is now in New York. I think she's doing all sorts of Broadway plays. I think she was part of the writing team that wrote Kinky Boots. Mm. So oh, wow. she's doing big, big, big stuff. So mm-hmm. happy birthday to Rona. Uh, Wednesday, Paul Baird McCormick. Uh, he is a actor. I think he's working now in L.A., but he had a start here in the Bay Area. I'm looking at a poster, Head of Gobbler, and I tell you, for a play uh, that was written, uh, who's it? Is it Ibsen? For an Ibsen play, for some young millennials watching yeah. an Ibsen play, they just fell in love with Paul Baird because it was just a, a model-esque actor. Mm-hmm. In any case, his birthday uh, is t- is Wednesday. You mentioned Carolina Morones uh, yep. uh, on Saturday. I don't know if I should. Well, I'll bring her up again on Saturday. Casey DeCaney, uh, she was oh. the lead actress. EastEnders did a, a production called, um, excuse me, Wonder of the World. And she, Casey DeCaney was the main actress, right along with Michael Greeley. So uh, Casey is just mm. a fantastic uh, actress. I'm not sure she, you know, she started a family. She's one of these women where, you know, she basically got married and started a family, and that was it for her acting career, which is a little sad, but, you know, I'm glad that she's doing well. And that's it. Those are my um, birthdays. birthdays. And before we get into um, shows, I will pump our next sponsor, Charles Blades Barbershop. 
Charles Blaze is located at 182nd Street in downtown Oakland. It's a very cool, relaxing place where you can get your cut on, and they'll even serve you a complimentary drink. They also sell men's hair products like hair gels, pomade, shampoos, and conditioners. Just hop online, give the products a try, and support minority businesses like my man Charles Blades at cbb.hair. And if you want to buy his products, cbbgroomingproducts.myshopify.com. Shows. Uh, there are a couple of shows. <laughs> I mean, we're January, so it's that weird period. I'm, I'm going to start rehearsals for uh, Big Data with ACT mm-hmm. the end of the month. And uh, yeah. that'll open in February, so yeah. I'll, I'll keep pumping that. Big yeah, data. yeah, I'll, I'll check. Data. Yeah, big, big data. data. It's about AI yeah. and its effect yes. on <laughs> our it's, community. It's a total riff on yeah, yeah, on how it affects our lives. And oh, I gotta see this. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's a trip. Um, Stage Bridge is doing the Laramie Project. That'll be January the nineteenth through the twenty-first. Only three days, and that'll be big. Of course, uh, that's the. Oh, is it Shepard Ferry? No, Matthew Shepard. The Matthew Shepard story. I did that story in college. Yep. It was a great story. Wow, yeah. So Stage Bridge, which is a theater company of elderly people, they'll be doing that. Directed by Eli Sonny Orkiza, who will be our next guest. So that'll be cool. So um, Your next guest. I'll be gone next week. I know. We're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. Um, So in any case, we have a link for that. So click on that and check out uh, the Laramie Project. Cutting Ball Theater is doing Mixed Metaphors. That'll be February the 2nd through the 18th. I think it's a series of one-act plays, and Radhika Rao will be in one of the shows. And um, it'll be interesting. It's one of those theater projects where the action stops on stage, and then the actors will interact with the audience. Like, hey, what did you think about that scene? And let's Mm -hmm. get your thoughts on this, that, and the other. So um, we have a link to that, so you can click on that to find out more about that. Palo Alto Players is uh, doing Misery which is the Stephen King novel, which turned into a film. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Ridgway is directing that. That'll be January the 19th through February the 4th. So check that out. And uh, there are a couple of podcasts uh, that I will push. Uh, Barry Graves has a new podcast called The Black Man's Heart. Well, it's not new anymore. It's been a while. Uh, so check that out. Mallory Somera, uh, she is our consulting producer, and she is also uh, one of the producers at KCBS Radio. And she's uh, working on two podcasts there. As prescribed, it's a weekly conversation with leading medical experts at UCSF Medical Center and Bay Current, which is a weekly news podcast. She was doing It's Generational. I don't think It's Generational is going on anymore. So check out As Prescribed and Bay Current. Also, Central Works has the Central Works Script Club. That's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audience audio interview with the playwright, delivered semi-annually. Our good friend Aaron Henney is the Artistic Director of Theater Dybbuk in L.A., and he has a podcast called The Dybbukast. That is a Jewish-based, Jewish theater-based podcast through a combination of performance, performed readings, and interviews with artists and scholars. The Dybbukast brings these creations in their, their historic context to life, all while revealing their relationships to issues still present today. Two last ones. Uh, there's Deborah Cortez. She has a podcast called Let's Talk About Grief, and uh, she's been very open about the loss of her son a couple of years ago and her dealing with grief. And now she has a podcast where she can talk with others about their grief, mm-hmm. our grief. And the last one, Bindlestiff has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories. Check out the Fobcast on any podcast app. 
It's now contagious. Now you got me snoozing. <laughs> <laughs> Salute. Exactly. And now, and we also have gay jerseys. So check it out. We have the uh, pinstriped white and black. Mm-hmm. It's only $30. So PM me, DM me, as the young folks say. And uh, I'll hook you up. It's only $30. So thank you for those who have bought the Yay jerseys for supporting Bay Area Theater. And take a picture and send it to us so we can share it with the world. Exactly. <laughs> and that is it, Gary. There's um, Yes, go ahead. Oh, I've been looking for this since mm-hmm. you, we started talking. Yeah. There is an organization called the Formerly Incarcerated People's Performance Project. Mm. And yeah, so when you were mentioning Pipeline, I was like, ooh, I've it's a fascinating organization that's only been around for a few years and uh, they actually just got one of the grants one of the TBA grants Mm -hmm. which we should have talked about but we can talk about more Um, because I I was on the selection panel and yeah I I just finished the selection panel and I mentioned it and Mm -hmm. then Radhika got in touch with me to say I said talk to me about your grants please because y'all I want people to get that money and you know you know and so it was great to see this one organization kind of stepped up and proved themselves to be worthy of the grant it was nice very yeah so they're going to use it to um to have incarcerated people do theater well they're already doing it um uh, mostly they do solo work it sounds Mm -hmm. like but still getting people getting getting their stories out and most importantly bringing it back to the community that's awesome and that community which really needs it our community needs it we need to get comfortable with the idea that all the folks that we have locked up that we shouldn't have locked up Mm -hmm. are going to need some help you know, the community yeah. is going to have to be ready to receive them and make them help we, them make that transition yeah, we, we, back we, to the street. We've totally talked about that before. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's transition because you know every every person who commits a crime is not a criminal. You know, there are all sorts of reasons why you are incarcerated. Some are incarcerated and they should not be at all. Well, some, some have only committed like one or two one or two crimes, or they did it because they were either pressured by doing it or. Convenience, you know, sort of steals. I mean, even if they did, even if we want to say that was wrong, the path, the turn that it makes in their lives, Mm -hmm. um, if we want them to become something other than criminals, we need to facilitate that. That's exactly right. We're really good about locking up. We're not really good about helping these people come out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And while we were talking, uh, Fred Pitts, he's been texting you <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Apparently, we had a, a little soldier store story oh, uh, yeah. reunion. And he didn't come. And he didn't come. And, he's uh, like, what was that? And I was like, dude. Yeah, he didn't know. But no, you were on our thoughts, <laughs> hearts and minds, Fred. And yeah, you should, we talked come about him. It. Yeah. It was like, why isn't Fred here? Right, right, oh, exactly. I picture, actually. I was like, wait a minute. Where's yeah, this? <laughs> well, it was up to Jake to get the word out, so yeah. I, he did the yeah. best he could. But in any case, no, it was, it was very, very nice. Um, um, Gary, did you, again. yeah, Gary, did you enjoy yourself today? Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I definitely learned a lot. Mm. Hopefully, this isn't the last time I get to come back and talk to you guys. Absolutely, oh, anytime you got something happening, please. Yeah, please come back and tell us because. I love feeling like this is the other side of it. You can go, I, somebody can come see you in a show, mm-hmm. but to actually get to hear about you and what's going on with you and how you fit in this community that we have, this this yeah. mm-hmm. fabric of yeah. theater, yeah, I think is important. That's that's why we do it. Yep, <clears throat> that is that is. You're absolutely right. That's why we do the A because we have all sorts of conversations. You know, you and I off mic, mm-hmm. whether it be at dinner, lunch, whatever, about mm-hmm. all that production and whatever. And 
you know, those are great conversations. And, you know, there's one of the reasons why we created the A. And people have, you know, they have things they want to talk about or things they want to just, you know, what they call it, um, spitball out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, ideas yeah, and the things like that. Promote. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And audience want to know, hey, that was a great actor. What What's he all about? What's she all about? Right. Now, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, you got to you got to peek to be continued. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Glimpse. All right, well we are on the Apple Podcast app, we're on Spotify, we're on Overcast, we're on SoundCloud, and now we're on the Amazon Podcast. Just go on music.amazon.com and search for the A and you will find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know, hit us up. I'm at Reg Space Clay. I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Gary, is there social media that people can find you? Yes, that's G More Productions. That's G-M-O-O-R-E Productions mm-hmm. with a Z. Ah, nice. All right, and that's on um, and um, God, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. That one. I was about to say Instacart. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Also, for the people on Facebook, you can find Gary Moore as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but G Moore Productions. Uh, there you go. And um, if you're looking for a great actor. Um, and also, by all means, catch if you him want, before he leaves the Bay Area. Exactly. <laughs> but also, if you want to buy some of his products, ch- check out Chasing Greatness. And you don't even need to remember the URL. Just click on that URL that yes. we're going to post, and you can buy some great artwork uh, yeah. from Gary Moore. Chasing Greatness prints. I got more prints coming. All right. More prints coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took a peek, and they're pretty good. All righty. It's a wonderful Saturday. It's a little chilly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not getting any sun. In fact, we were supposed to be getting a little bit of rain. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the 24 feet waves that were hitting us. You know, I was like, man, or is San Francisco going to survive? <laughs> we also didn't talk about the fact that it is January 6th. Oh, the insurrection, the anniversary the insurrection. of the insurrection. They are. They have trended a happy January, happy J6 day. Oh God! And boy, they got. I, I went on just to see, and the ratio of of comments mm. is not going the direction they wanted it to go. Well, hey, we're all we're all about good vibes and peace, and of course, that's the reason why we didn't have that on our minds because we're trying to think beyond yeah. that. <laughs> hey, I know I, I, I want to. I want them to all go to jail, and then I'll then I'll think beyond it. Yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say. We've we got to find, find a, a better, better sign-off. Sign and we are out. <laughs>